All right, folks, welcome back to What the Fuck Medical School. Today we're going to be discussing uh, uterine leiomyomas or fibroids. <clears throat> As you well know, these are benign growths in the uterus. Um, they are in the with, typically within the myometrium. Uh, they can be sub uh, serosal near the surface or uh, submucosal just underneath the endometrium. Uh, they're very common, uh, affecting up to 30% of women of reproductive age and 70% of women uh, older than 50. But uh, only symptomatic you know, less than half the time. Risk factors for fibroids include nulliparity, that is never having given birth, um, obesity, family history, and hypertension. Not sure what the mechanism there is. It's kind of interesting. Uh, as far as symptoms, you know, you get a lady, she's, she's 50 years old, she's, she's perimenopausal, she comes to your office, uh, she is chubby, she is, she's a nun, she's never had a baby, and um, she complains of, of uh, abnormal uterine bleeding, but of course she's perimenopausal, so things have been funky for a little while. Um, uh, but the things are really heavy, uh, abnormally long. Uh, she's saturating a ton of pads. She's bleeding during church. That gets embarrassing. And she also describes um, uh, pelvic pressure and ob obstructive symptoms. So she may be going uh, peeing more often uh, and have other uh, lower uh, urinary tract symptoms, and, and as well as characteristically constipation. You have a big honking, heavy, bulbous fibroid-ridden uterus pressing on your colon, the poo just ain't getting through, okay? Um, this is sometimes associated with kind of a pelvic pain. Um, and uh, it's sometimes, you know, not in this case, but you, you might get a woman coming in with infertility, and this is the cause. So, uh, you know, that, that woman that's been struggling to, uh, to get pregnant, that's definitely within the differential. So you lay your lady, Mrs. Smith, down on the table, and man, she looks she looks like she could be twelve months pregnant or twelve weeks pregnant. You can uh, you can feel her <clears throat> her fundus, you know, almost uh, at the level of the umbilicus. And uh, what you notice is that the the uterus is really irregularly shaped. Um, it has an irregular contour to it. Given that Mrs. Smith is in that sort of perimenopausal age and, uh, you know, the, the bleeding that she has is not uh, postmenopausal bleeding necessarily, um, uh, you still have a low index of suspicion. So in a lady like this, you'd likely order an ultrasound. And uh, indeed, the ultrasound reports um, uh, various uh, hyperdense lesions uh, consistent with, uh, with fibroids. Um, uh, and uh, the endometrium is... Visualized at uh, you know less than uh, than four millimeters. Although so in some cases, because of the burden of fibroids, you will uh, you won't be able to visualize the endometrium well. Uh, and then we would think about uh, biopsy, but that's a discussion for a different podcast. So why do we care? Uh, you know, in terms of complications beyond sort of uh, the pain and and symptoms that uh, she that uh, Mrs. Smith and other ladies will present with. A complication of all this heavy bleeding is, of course, iron deficiency anemia. 
Um, we spoke about uh, infertility. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there is this very small, small t- uh, risk of uh, transformation into uh, uh, malignancy. Um, I, I guess I would reinforce here that uh, that we would have to to rule out, um, you know, it would be leiomyosarcoma if uh, if things were developing rapidly. There was a very large lesion. Um, those would all be concerning, and there there is concerning features on ultrasound as well, including things like necrosis and. So how do we deal with them? Uh, fibroid generally. Um, uh, typically, it's, it's symptom-directed care, uh, and the most uh, prominent symptom is going to be this dysfunction, uh, dysfunctional uterine bleeding, heavy bleeding. Um, and uh, the sort of second issue would be potentially around uh, fertility um, and, uh, and women of childbearing age. So we want to establish um, whether there's a desire for pregnancy. Uh, if there is not, um, we have a few options. Um, if there is a desire for pregnancy, uh, obviously uh, some surgical options are not uh, available. And in fact, there isn't uh, good evidence that myomectomy, that is removal of the fibroid surgically with sparing the re- remainder of the uterus and the endometrium, provides uh, significant fertility benefit, but of course that's going to be a discussion with uh, with a specialist. Um, <clears throat> in terms of pharmacotherapy, um, we uh, what I think you'll most often see in, in women that aren't otherwise uh, contraindicated is uh, as an oral contraceptive pill. Um, and really this is targeting, again, it's symptomatic treatment. Um, it's targeting the bleeding and it's going to help reduce bleeding. Increasingly, you're going to see IUDs. Uh, again, this is to to control the uh, the bleeding. Um, it's a little bit uh, sort of counterintuitive that uh, that a oral uh, contraceptive. Yeah, um, as a right. So it's a little counterintuitive that um, that a systemic, you know, progesterone. Um, in these hormone-sensitive growths would be a therapeutic option, but uh, the evidence uh, shows that the oral contraception does not cause significant growth um, and therefore can be used, again, symptomatically for the disorder of uterine bleeding. But uh, increasingly, IUDs, uh, because there's not going to be that systemic exposure and and really the... the, the, uh, the uh, hormone is t- really targeted toward the endometrium, keeping it thin, therefore reducing the bleeding. It's going to be a good option, especially especially in uh, in older folks who have other uh, contraindications. Um, as things get more complicated, and you might be at the specialist by this stage, um, gonadotropin releasing hormone agonists to sort of shut down the HPA axis. There, um, pardon me, not HPA. The uh, uh, gonadal, uh, gonadal uh, axis there is going to be a good option and actually result in significant uh, shrinkage of the uh, of the growth. Um, and there's a, a relatively short treatment duration, and unfortunately, subsequent regrowth is seen.
So those are sort of the mainstays of pharmacotherapy. And in terms of more aggressive options, uh, certainly there's uh, urine artery embolization uh, uh, for perhaps for women that wouldn't uh, tolerate uh, more aggressive uh, hysterectomy. There's a myomectomy, uh, myomectomy if uh, if we want to preserve the uterus, um, and then finally hysterectomy if super symptomatic. Um, it's not indicated at all if uh, if you're asymptomatic. So that's sort of a an outline of uh, of fibroids. I hope that this has been useful for you, and uh, you can retain uh, some of this. Um, high yield stuff.